biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Drew, and I'll be your host today. Uh, Jigable sadly missing on the desk today, but we have Tarika in studio. How you doing, Tarika? I'm wonderful, and yourself? I'm great. Um, we have a really packed weekend for esports, as usual. I feel like I say that every single week. We have Community Effort Orlando 2017, which is kind of the prelude to Evo, and basically it's an annual fighting game event taking place in as you may have guessed, Orlando, Florida. And it was introduced seven years ago in 2010, and it's organized by this awesome guy called Alex Jabali. And it's grown exponentially every year. Um, for those who don't know, Jabali himself was actually really interested in video uh, game competition since 1993, the year I was born, when he won a local, a local Street Fighter II Turbo Tournament on the Super Nintendo. All right, fun fact... When the event first launched in 2010, Jabali basically had to scramble to organize everything in three weeks. Uh, everything was pretty messy at the time. And, you know, it's basically if Fire Festival got it together and actually had a concert instead of leaving everyone else out to fend for themselves in the wild. Um, Trico, you know about Fire Festival, right? I know a little bit about Fire Festival, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember when the news came out, everyone everyone was just live tweeting how they were like stranded on this beach with like no tents, no hotel. Basically, they had to like protect their luggage as if they were protecting their children. And it was basically hell for them, hell mm-hmm. on earth for them. Um, and that's sort of what I imagine Alex Jubilee went through in 2010 when he was planning the event three weeks prior to its start. I would imagine that in order for that to be a complete comparison, we would have to ensure that the tweets would be the same because the tweets <laughs> from Fire Festival were everything. <laughs> I know, seriously. All the memes that came out of that. I don't even think memes were a thing. They back weren't in even a thing then. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, so Florida is, wasn't really known for having a fighting game community at the time, and there were only 300 players back then in this competition. And today we have almost double that figure in Smash 4 alone. And in total, the number of applicants, um, this might change at the time of publication just because people are still um, putting in their applications to attend the event. In total, we have almost 10 times that figure today. And Jacob is actually heading there this weekend to cover the event. and. I was actually going to ask him what he was most excited about, but I guess instead I'll talk about what I'm most excited yeah, about. Yeah, I was going to say, like, who do you think are some of the big names that are going to be there at the tournament? Yeah, of course. So um, I some memorable moments I remember from last year, and I'm really hoping they bring back this year, are the pro wrestlers. Uh, have you ever heard of Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods? I have. Yeah, so they showed up during the Street Fighter V event, and they they brought an element of, like, theatricality to the stage that you don't really see at these esports events they were like trash talking and just nitpicking each other um one of the casters or commentators for the event was literally commentating a match when kenny omega stepped in and was like here i'm hijacking your event i'm gonna start talking now and then xavier woods came in and interrupted kenny omega and it was just like an amazing thing to watch honestly um and as you know, they're they're in character the whole time. Mm-hmm. So 
basically they were trash talking each other in character and it was just awesome. I hope we see more of this kind of trash talking in esports. So, question for you: This tournament, how is normally it formatted? Is it's like it's normally like a preliminary a preliminary pool? I obviously don't know how to enunciate my words today. <laughs> um, and then there's like a finals type deal, correct? Yes, exactly. So the first two days there are gonna it's gonna be the pool stages, which is the most hectic part, and then. On the third day, this is actually pretty cool. They have they set up a fighting ring, and the the players actually sit in the fighting ring and duke it out online, which is you know it fits in with the whole theme of it being a fighting game tournament. And they've really adopted that over the years. Like last year, when I saw the ring, it was it was awesome, especially seeing Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods in the ring too. Like can't ask for anything better. It's so yeah. So um. Street Fighter is just one of those games where trash talking is, I, I feel like it should be encouraged more often because it's like the closest thing I could, it's the closest game I can think of that relates to pro wrestling. And as you know, in pro wrestling, trash talk is like what drives that sport. Um, and it's, the more I think about it, the more meta it gets because they're, prof- they're pro wrestlers trash talking each other, involving a game that involves fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and they didn't just do um, Street Fighter Five. They also competed in Dance Dance Revolution, which is like an old favorite. Have you ever played it, Tarika? I was a master at Dance Dance Revolution. What? Like, Were you really? I'm talking about pretty freaking good. Now, I'm old now, so I can't, can't participate as much as I would like to. But we used to have this arcade in my neighborhood well it wasn't exactly my neighborhood but about 15 minutes away called GameWorks and that's kind of what introduced me to that game I used to see all the all the guys playing Dance Revolution on GameWorks and wait that's amazing okay so let's say we brought in a console to our offices in building zero yep um would you be interested I would be the first one to sign up to play for that Okay, yeah. I'm holding you to that. This yeah. is all recorded. <laughs> I have this down. I'm setting up a date when I come back. Yep. All right. It's, it's happening. Yep. As soon as you're returned from vacation, it's on. <laughs> all right. Sounds like a plan. Um, one other memorable moment I had from last year was Tokido winning the Street Fighter Five event. He was a, an absolute beast in the finals. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on to YouTube and watch that finals between Tokido and Infiltration because honestly it was a treat to watch um, some other things I'm looking forward to obviously, obviously the Smash events we have 611 entrants for Smash 4 292 entrants for Melee we have people like Hungrybox competing in both Smash 4 and Melee and we have Ally, Debus, Fatality Captain Zack etc and yeah it's just a great moment for the fighting game community this year at CEO, and I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone brings. Um, more ESPN esports in a moment, but first, we'd like to hear from you. Whether you're new to the podcast or have been listening for some time now, we'd like to know how we're doing. So, if you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so we're easy to find next time. And if you subscribe in the ESPN app, we can send you an alert whenever we have a new episode. And you can always tweet us your thoughts at ESPN underscore esports. Of all of the, and this could be just me being a novice to the esports community between Smash 4 and Melee. Um, which event do you think brings the most uh, the most excitement and the most entertainment from, you know, the, the players that are there? 
Oh, I might be biased, but Melee is honestly my favorite event to watch. I mean, you have such a storied history for this game. It's been around for a really long time, and basically it's known for its five gods. That includes Mango, Hungry Box. Mango's sort of like America's sweetheart slash hero. Everyone loves him. Hungry Box is kind of considered like the villain of Smash. He's um the best sports comparison I can use for Hungry Box would maybe be who's a good villain we love to hate. Maybe you could point me in the right direction since you're better at these sports analogies than I am. Right now, people love to hate Kevin Durant. Oh, that's actually perfect. Yes. He is the KD of Smash. In terms of obviously how people view him, not how he plays, since Smash is not a team game. But yeah, he is definitely viewed as a villain. And and then we have Armada, who is a very technical player, very, very good. Um, has been considered the best melee player for a long time. And um, I actually have the perfect comparison for this. He's like Tim Duncan, like sort of boring to play, but also like one of the greatest of all time. Also kind of underrated sometimes, although I wouldn't say Armada is considered underrated because people know how good he is. It's just that sometimes they overlook his greatness because he plays um, such a boring style, (laughs) to pat it lightly. Um, So we don't have all the five gods this year at CEO, but we do have Hungrybox. And I'm looking forward to to him competing in two different games, which is honestly kind of rare to see. Um, we'll see how he brings his game in Smash 4. It's not his expertise, obviously, because he's much, well, much better versed in Melee. But, um, I feel like Smash 4, the field is more parried. Um, so pretty much it's anyone's game except Zero, who's like one of the best players in that game. But even then, I would say there are some really great players that can give them a run for their money. Like Ally, Daboos, Captain Zach, like they're all wild cards that could pull the upset over the favorites essentially there there it is there was a perfect segue into my next question for you you know are you expecting any favorites or champions from 2016 to return in 2017 there's not going to be any competition we might as well just chalk it up it's a repeat oh absolutely i do tarika (laughs) um well there's a new game this year it's called injustice 2 If you haven't seen it yet, um, I recommend everyone check it out. Check out the trailer on YouTube. Check out its website because the game looks really, really clean. And honestly, it looks looks great. And they've had a couple competitions so far. Um, One name most people might recognize is Sonic Fox. He's... He's part of Echo Fox now, which is Rick Fox's team, and they recently took a picture together. It was really cute of Rick Fox wearing Sonic Sonic Fox's um, signature hat that he usually takes off whenever he wins, and um, it's great, and they're dynamic together. It's kind of perfect, along with their names, of course. And Sonic Fox is sort of the superstar when it comes to Injustice 2. Last time we saw him was at this gaming competition called Next Level Battle Circuit in New York City, or NLBC 66, as most people may know it by. And he clean-swept Forever King in the finals, which was just amazing because this is a relatively new game, so it's really not... I I imagine... I'm not a pro gamer, but I imagine it's not easy to learn that game so quickly and become dominant so fast. And I guess my question coming into these, this event, there is no answer, of course, but 
pretty much can anyone take on Sonic Fox? And I, I honestly think at this rate, no. Like, he is the clear-cut winner. He is our Tom Brady, clutching it. He's your Warriors. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um... Warriors, Cavs, I try to forget that whole thing happened. <laughs> if only we had a game six or game seven, I wish. Yeah. M- maybe in another life. <laughs> um, yeah, otherwise, lots of information over at smash.gg.com. They have all the games and all the list of attendants heading to CEO this weekend. And you can also check out their schedule there. And while he might not be attending CEO this weekend, we have a sit-down interview with AMSA, our Yoshi Main from Japan. Ahmad Khan, our, one of our writers, kindly delivered the interview. Thanks, Rachel. I'm sitting here with the best Yoshi player in the world, and with him we'll be interpreting the best Ice Climbers player in Japan. I'm here with AMSA and Watch. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Uh, so, AMSA, you, just, you actually just flew in, what, Earlier this week from Vancouver at Battle of BC. So how was the uh, tournament? Actually, before we get to the tournament, how was Vancouver? Yeah, uh, Vancouver is really a beautiful place. And uh, the people are really, uh, what I say, <laughs> kind, kind, nice, nice, nice. You like it. Yeah. You like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love uh, this place. So I, I think I saw on Twitter or was it on Facebook? You said you might want to move to Vancouver one day. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, well, I mean, I think the last time I spoke with you was in 2015, and you know, you seemed pretty set in staying in Tokyo because, mm. well, I think you said it was because of the food. You really like the food in in Japan. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Now, why would uh, would you be making the move? If you wanted to move to the no- to North America, it would be Vancouver. And if you did make the move to Vancouver, would it be for Smash or for work? So, both. Mm. Uh, so, in, uh, if I live in uh, Vancouver, I can go more and more tournaments for uh, in the USA and in Canada and every place. Yeah, I think for people listening back in America that don't really understand the Japanese melee scene or the esports in Japan, it's very different than in the U.S. or China or Korea or, or, or Europe. Um, what makes a top, the best Yoshi player in the world want to leave Japan to pursue Smash Bros. overseas? So the reason that he moved to Canada is uh, there's a few reasons, and not just for melee. For just not just for AMSA, just for NASA too. So because of work, and he felt he need English for not just for melee, for his life or work. So probably moving to Canada is not only the reason is melee to like skill up himself, and he felt the Canada is a good place to skilling up. Okay, now. Because you've you've been to Vegas, you've been to New Jersey, you've been to California, I think, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, What is it about Canada over the United States? So he selected to Canada because uh, first he think about it, Europe, but 
uh, it felt good, but he couldn't speak the other language like French. Uh, the difficulty about the language, so he quit the Europe. And after that, he think about the Australia and America, but uh, Australia and America is not so has no good like internet. Like connections or something, he heard. I don't know from who, but uh, felt a little bit not so good. So probably he wanted to like contact with the Japan or some sort of thing. So he just uh, quit those uh, places. And America, he think about America. So like California has a good like internet connections, but he felt like it's difficult to get a visa, and he needs more skill for the English. So he wants to study English. So he figured out that Canada has like a is easier to. Get uh, uh, like kind of a green card if he like graduate the uh, English speaking school or something he he can get it so so the Canada has a place that easier to study the language and uh, a place good placement easier to go to America like from the Canada and has a scene in Canada and he can find a good place to work in Canada too like uh, programming things or sort of things so so he selected to Canada. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think for, for, for fans that have followed you uh, over the years, I think they would be really excited to hear that you want to move, um, you know, to a, to a scene where they can see you more. Because when I was watching Battle of BC, um, you know, with their match with the Hugs, people were, you know, shouting your name, even, uh, even, even though, you know, you're not from North America. Um, you know, why do you think you have so many fans around the world? So first, it's I'm Yoshi a player. You know, the, and then, you know, going into that match, I mean, how was, with BC, who threw you into loser's bracket? Who Mewtwo King. Ah, okay. In winner's quarterfinals. That's too bad. So, who did Mewtwo King use against uh, against you? Uh, he used a uh, Sheik. Sheik. Um, is the Sheik matchup difficult for you and uh, for you, or is it difficult for Yoshi or both? Yeah, at first, uh, uh, at first uh, they think so, but I don't think so. Mm. I believe uh, Yoshi's uh, potential to beat uh, Sheik. Even Mewtwo King. Yes, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, then you know, you were, you were, uh, then to get into top eight, you had that crazy last stock combo against uh, who was it? Crush. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Um, I mean, that was you know a, a thing of beauty, I would say. But um, and then going to your next match with Hugs, because uh, Hugs knocked you out of the tournament. What happens? Uh, why do you? Why were you unable to beat Hugs? You think? So, Hugs knows about Yoshi a lot, but actually Amsa knows about Sam's a lot because he knows a good Sam's player in Japan, so that, that about the knowledge was even for him. But actually, uh, there was one point what the difference with the Japanese Sam's player was he was good at coming back from the out of the platform, and it was really good, so that point was really big. And one more thing is the last game, uh, he read one stock, but he the hugs get back the stock really quickly. So that timing, he his like concentration got like messed. 
So probably that's the point that he loses two houses. Yeah, because I think during that match you also suicided twice, right? Um, yeah, which is, I mean, I think I, I heard the crowd, you know, just feel really, uh, they, they felt so sad. But, um, you know, I think going forward, um, is, what's your next big tournament in North America? Is it EVO? Yeah, now next time it will be uh, EVO. Yeah. EVO. Um, going into EVO, what are you going to have to do to win? So now, um, uh, on, on this year, I mainly focus on practicing uh, my tech skill and just training. But, uh, but, but I think now I... So he thinks he has uh, enough tech skills about moving Yoshis. So he he needs to know knowledge about his neutral game. So watch the uh, the videos that he fight with and like write down in the sentence or some sort of thing. So like doing knowing about himself is the key point for the next evil. Lastly, you know, I think recently we've been seeing what Battle of BC was taken by Chudat, right? He was an ice climber's man, and I think that caught everybody off guard. Do you think that, you know, a character like Yoshi can take a tournament like Evo? I believe. I just, yeah, I just believe. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, and with that, our time is up. Thanks for listening. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug before you know we say goodbye? Ah, yes. Uh, me and Amsa is holding a melee tournament called Battle Gateway in Tokyo. So next Battle Gateway will be on July eighth at streaming at Buji Bootcamp Twitch channel. So I hope everyone will see Amsa doing cool stuff. Uh, and if you had any questions about the Japan melee scene, uh, please ask me through Twitter. Uh, watch underscore SSBM or Amsa Red Yoshi. Please feel free to ask me anything, and my DM is open. Very cool, very cool. With that, back to you, Rachel. Thank you, Ahmad, for the interview. Speaking of Orlando, I'm going to be taking a short break next week, and I'll be back the following week. You don't get to go to Orlando without me, Rachel. Oh, I wish I could bring you, Tarika. <laughs> I feel like we would have so much fun. It'd be dope, but... That's all the time we have this week for the podcast. And if you want more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com slash esports. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel Youngu, and at Sports underscore. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.